Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. James chapter 1. This morning we visited this text and, and spoke a little bit about verses 13, 14, 15, and 16. And um, kind of gave a recap of what we've been dealing with. But verse 13 was, was you know, the text of Scripture, right? Uh, hey, hey, guys, let me ask you a question. You do have PM up, right? All right, good. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and so what we talked about a little bit this morning was understanding, understanding your temptation. Look at that text again, verse number 13. The uh, Bible says, Let no man say when he is tempted... I am tempted of God, uh, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. And then he goes on and says, but every man is tempted, right? And then he, and then he, gives, this, he gives this process, you know? And we methodically this morning went down the line through that process, and that's where those young men helped me, did such a great job. A couple of things I said about this, just to recap, was James gives us a summation of temptation here. Now, he's, he's kind of turned the page, right? He's no longer speaking about trials. That was verse 1 down to verse number 12. Trials and troubles and different things, like affliction. Now he's talking about temptation. And we said this this morning to differentiate uh, a, tri a, 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 a trial is maybe sometimes sent by God, always permitted by God because it would never come into your life unless he permitted it. But it's, it's a tool used by God to build your faith. Temptation, on the other hand, is um, not from God, and it serves more like an obstacle to derail your faith. Remember that? We said that this morning, right? So James gives a summation of temptation, and he says this in verse number 13, let no man say when, not if. Correct? Let no man say when he's tempted. And so it's almost as if it's a certainty you and I will be tempted, right? And then in verse 14, he said, but every man, every man is tempted, right? Every man is tempted. So not only is it a certainty, but it's, it's unavoidable. Every individual will be tempted. We said this about temptation this morning. If you remember, we kind of gave it a simple definition. And we said temptation is simply this. It's a solicitation to do wrong, right? You see that up on the screen there? A solicitation to do wrong. And here's the thing. If, if, if you're thinking wrong, you're going to do wrong. Right? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? And so it's, I think it's important for us to, to kind of get our brain and get our mind and get our thinking straight in all of this. And then James goes down and he begins to share what we consider a process. And he says in verse 14 this, every man is tempted when... Now, look, look, at, look at how it breaks down. When he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it's fin finished, bringeth forth death. Right? Do not err when it comes to this reasoning. This is just the way it is. 
And so this morning, we kind of broke that down. You, you, you remember? And we said this. We took the word enticement. Uh, go ahead and help me with this, guys. And we said this. Enticement basically is when something gets your attention. And most of the time, it's something that maybe you have a proneness to. Right? Think about it for a second. If you're a little bit older, you can maybe trace back in your life of something you had a proneness to. Right? Uh, maybe for the younger people, you know, I, I don't want to give you any, <laughs> any things to think about, but you can think about what it is that you have a proneness to, what it is that kind of sucks you in, draws you in. Well, how the devil works, how, how, how the, the tenta- temptation process works is usually he'll send something to just try to get your attention. I like to fish, and I know this, uh, you, you can't catch fish unless you put something on the hook. And every time I put something on the hook and I, I cast my line, I'm trying to entice something to bite that thing, you know? And I, I, I jig it a little bit, right, Craig? Give it a little jig and, you know, and just try to I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get the fish's attention. That's what enticement does. Enticement tries to get your attention. And that's where we need to be careful because it doesn't stop there. Enticement leads to temptation. We said this this morning, temptation is the opportunity, right? And so now something's got your attention, and if you're not careful, there will be an opportunity that arises that allows you, affords you to fulfill that, you know, that temptation, which then leads to lust, that desire, that craving, that longing. And sometimes it could even be consuming, consuming, you know, and if we're not careful, certain things can turn into addictions where now we are just, I mean, it just occupies our attention. It occupies our mind. It occupies every ounce of our energy, you know? And we just, we're just, we have no, it just controls us. We don't control it. And by the way, you know, when you think of addiction, sometimes all we think about is drugs and alcohol. But there's, there's people who addict to all kinds of things. People addicted to food and shopping and money and one of the biggest addictions in America today is pornography, you know? And why is that? Well, because of, uh, of, of the variety of resources available, right? Any young person who has a phone, a tablet, or any access to the Internet has access to pornography. And parent, look up here for a second. Parent, look up here for a second. If you think your child hasn't seen it, or won't look at it, you're wrong because they were conceived in the same sin you were conceived in. Oh, man, it got real quiet right there. I know my little angels would never, ever look at stuff like that. None of us has brought angels into this world. We brought sinners into this world because we passed on to them what we had, and that is a sin nature. Amen? And some of the best kids I've known have gotten caught up in something sometime in their life. It doesn't mean they stay in that, but we need to be really careful that we educate our kids and put parental controls on our kids' devices. Are you with me? Say amen, parents. Come on, man. Help me out here. You get real quiet when I talk like that, and I feel like John the Baptist, one crying in the wilderness. You know? It happens. It happens, right? And so lust, and then lust leads to the act, the action. Right? And the Bible says this, when sin, look at it, I want you to see it for yourself in verse number 15, when sin is finished, it what? 
brings forth death. You know what that word death means? Go ahead and flip it. It means separation, and that's important to understand, you know? Did you, ever, did you ever notice this? Did you ever notice how some people will sin, and because they don't see the immediate fruit of that sin, they think they got away with it? Huh? Are you with me? Did you ever notice that? Just because you, just because you sin and didn't see the fruit immediately doesn't mean you got away with it. There's a Bible verse for that. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Right? We will reap what we sow, plain and simple. It may not be yesterday, it may not be tomorrow, but you sow seeds of wickedness, you're going to reap seeds of wickedness. Right? You sow sin, you're going to reap separation. Sep- what's that mean? Separation from God, separation and fellowship from God. It doesn't mean eternity. Look here, a saved person sins, right? And according to this text, James is speaking to who? He's speaking to Christians, the brethren. Look, look at it again. Boy, you look at me like I, you have no clue what I'm talking about. My brethren counted all joy. Right? My brethren. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the body of Christ. He's speaking to the Jewish brethren who were scattered abroad. These are saved people. And, and he's given this scenario to them. So what's he saying? He's saying this. If you and I, if we as Christian people sin, we too break fellowship with God. Did you ever hear years ago, I remember teaching this often to our first generation uh, church, where, you know, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You've heard that before, right? Condition and position, right? And so my relationship with God is I'm a child of God. Once I get saved, I have his seed in me. I can never lose my salvation. Isn't that great? However, if I disobey him, if I sin against him, I, I break my fellowship. I'm still a son, right? Hey, look here. Your kids do something wrong. They come home from school and they got detention for, I don't know, years ago it used to be for shooting spitballs. They don't do spitballs no more, do they, Tony? You used to though, right? I heard you laugh. I know you did. Huh? So they come home with a detention, and man, I tell you what, it's, it's pretty serious because they messed up big time at school. They got a, a pink detention slip, you know, and, and, but you know what you say? You're still my son. You're still my daughter. There's a relationship there just because they messed up. However, I'm not real happy with you right now. He comes in with a detention slip and says, Dad, look what I got at school. Can I have $5 to go get some ice cream? It doesn't equate, does it? No, why? Because something's been broken. See, that same thing happens between you and I, you you, you know, you and the Lord, us and the Lord, right? We sin against God, and there's a break in our fellowship. There's a separation there, you know? And that's kind of where what we talked about this morning. I want to share with you tonight just a couple things before we leave out of here. And I'm calling these kind of principles to overcome principles to overcome. Look at this Bible verse. We looked at it this morning, but I want to pick up another aspect of it. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says this, there hath no temptation taken you, but but, but such as is common to man. Now, what does that mean? We talked about it this morning. What, What does that mean, common to man? Everybody, right? Everybody. We may not go through the same temptation, but we all go through temptation, right? It's common. It's common for man to be tempted. It's common for man to be tried, right? But look at the next verse. 
but God is faithful, who will not suffer. That word suffer means permit you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God is faithful. What's he saying there? He's saying this, uh, you're going to get tempted. However, God will be very present to show you how to overcome, to show you how to defend against, to defeat that temptation, right? And I, and I think it's, like I said this morning, I think it's you and I using the Word of God. We've seen the example of Jesus. So let me give you four principles that I believe will help all of us when it comes to standing against, fighting against, and overcoming temptation. The first one is this. The first one is personal separation. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? Say amen right there. How many of you, how many grew up on it? How many of you got hit over the head with it? Huh? How many of you choked on it? How many of you had a, just a constant diet of it? How many remember? That's all we used to hear. Why do you get so quiet on Sunday nights? Huh? Brother Riddell, did you teach them not to talk back to the preacher? I mean, come on, man. Huh? Right? Personal separation. Right? Now listen, let's have some fun for a little bit. It's 2023, or 22, I'm already thinking ahead. It's 2022. You mean to tell me we're going we're gonna to continue to, we're going to continue to talk about that stuff? I mean, you really think, do you really think we can, we can really grow this church and attract people if we practice personal separation? Huh? Well, let me ask it this way. If you're saved, do you really have a choice? <laughs> if you're a child of God, is there any option? Hello? I, I understand. Let me be 100% transparent and fair. I understand. And by the way, if you do cut me open, I do bleed Baptist blood. But I understand the independent Baptist movement has really hurt some of the doctrines that are dear and, and should be dear to us. And this is one of them. You know why? Because we, we've swallowed a gnat, we, 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 we've strained a gnat and swallowed a camel. Because we majored on the minors. Because we, we were really concerned about the outside of the cup. In fact, when you read the Gospels, that's all Jesus did, Nate. He rebukes the Pharisees for everything I just said, right? They're not concerned about a person's heart. They were more concerned about a person's clothing. They weren't concerned about, you know, what, a, what an individual was going through. They were just concerned about the reputation of the synagogue or the church. Help me out here. Huh? But please, please, don't allow ignorance of the past to keep you from practicing good Bible principle. Because the only way God can bless and the only way God will bless is if we do it His way. <laughs> Amen? And there is a need for personal separation in our lives. And I'll guarantee you from uh, Tim and Wendy all the way back there, all the way up to Donna and, and Tyler and Addie, you practice some level of separation. I know you do. I know you do. All right, you don't believe me? Who can I pick on here that won't get offended? Donna? 
When you're out in the public arena and you have to go to the restroom, do you go to the men's room? Why not? You're a woman. And because you've been taught that women ought to go where? To the ladies' room. How many of you got a problem with that? So we all practice some level of separation. Isn't that right? Huh? When I make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, I put the peanut butter on one slice, I put the jelly on the other, and then I smash them together. Right? Separation. I, I, told, I told you this before, uh, a couple weeks back, we talked about separation, and I said it's the oldest doctrine in the Bible. In fact, God used the principle of separation in creation. And we're glad He did. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, there was order. Before, before He created fish, He created water. And before He created, you know, birds, He created the firmament. Right? And, and fish don't fly for the most part, and birds don't swim for the most part. I know there's exceptions to that rule. We're supposed to eat animals, and they're not supposed to eat us. I know there's exceptions to that rule. You get it, right? <clears throat> and so, in life, now pay attention here. I know it's 2022, and I know we've come a long way, baby. Some of you old people remember that slogan. I know we've come a long way, and I'm glad we have, but we got a long way to go. However, it doesn't mean we just scrap. It doesn't mean we just abandon. It doesn't mean we just disregard everything that got us to where we are. We have got to live holy lives. Jesus said, be holy, for I am holy. Now, your holiness and my holiness may look like two different things, but there ought to be some level of separation in our lives. There ought to be some things where you say, you know what, that's off base because the Bible says so. Huh? And, and I'm talking about very clear things, you know, that we ought to just stay away from. I know years ago we preached against everything. In fact, you go to churches like ours years ago, all you knew was what we were against. You had no idea what we were for. You say, why is that? Because we weren't for anything. We were against everything. You couldn't do anything, right? Back in the, you couldn't do a thing back in the 80s, right? You couldn't go to movies. You couldn't even think about going to movies. In fact, you even thought about a movie, but you can go, to the, you can go rent them at the video store. Come on now, help me here. You tell me we weren't hypocritical. Huh? Isn't that silly? However, you know what we've done? We have created... And they're all over society. All you have to do is open up a Twitter account or get a Facebook account and look up Fundamentalist Anonymous. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere. And they're, they're people who have gotten hurt in a church like this, a church like ours, you know, and took it to a different level. And instead of, instead of dealing with it personally before God, they went on a personal attack, right? And it hasn't helped them because now they're out in no man's land, floundering, flailing, huh? What, what, what do you do? Well, you just find out what the Bible teaches and conform to it. And hopefully, hopefully you go to a church and you have a pastor who does the very thing, conform to the Scripture. I'm not trying to make man-made rules here. I'm not going to make them for you, and I'm not going to live by the ones you make for me. Amen? 
However, having said that, let me say this very clearly. You have got to develop some level of personal separation in your life because it will protect, protect you against certain temptations. Right? There are certain places, you can ask Mrs. Genizzi, there are certain places that we just do not go. I'm not going to tell you where or why or what, but I just don't go to them. Why? They would not be good for me. Right? I think if I were to go, now you can go, but if I were to go, it, it would cause me to stumble. I, it would not do good for me. Right? Are you with me? I do not go to Texas. I don't go to Dallas Stadium. I just do not do it. <laughs> I stay away from Arlington as far as I can get. Uh, but are, are you with me? I'm trying not to be personal here, right? You, you get what I'm saying, right? Except for Stephen and Tyler, I'm sorry. But you got to have some level, don't you agree? Especially today, because isn't it true anything goes? Am I on? Am I on? Are we online? Are we, are we streaming? All right, let me say this carefully. Uh, I, I, I probably better not say it. I'm probably going to show you. But this whole, this whole transgender thing, huh? I mean, it's scary. I'll never forget this. I was, in, I was in Paris, France on a missions trip. I was in France and went to Paris to visit. And we went to Paris and was going through the streets of Paris. And I said to one of the missionaries I was with, I said, I need to go to the restroom. And he pointed me in a direction. When did I go? What was that, in the 90s? Probably in the 90s, I guess, maybe 95 or 6 or 7. And, uh, and John, I went into the men's room, or I went into the restroom, thinking it's a men's room. And as I, was, I was, uh, as I was walking in, I was going to where my station was, and all of a sudden, I seen a woman come in. And it was a woman. I mean, it was a woman. I can tell the difference. It was a woman. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness gracious, I'm in the ladies' room. But it wasn't the ladies' room because there was an urinal, a, a urinal. And I was extremely confused. This was way before what's going on today. And I got out of there and I said to the missionary fellow, I said, hey, there's a lady in there. He said, it's, it's unisex bathrooms. I said, who, what, when, where, what? And so I was, in, and the lady came in and she had no, I mean, she was just going to do her thing. Isn't that sad? And now, now it's in, it's in your children's schools. Before it was in Paris, France. Now it's on Main Street, USA. You remember that old analogy? You know, you got 10 houses on the street, right? You live in the 10th one. Some lunatic comes and says, I'm going to burn down every house on this street. And he starts a fire in the first one. And the question is raised, when do you get concerned when he gets to the eighth one? No, as soon as he started the fire in the first one. Well, since we weren't concerned what was going on in the 80s, 90s, guess what? It's in our backyard today. In fact, may be sitting in our living room today. It all depends on what you allow into your home. Well, that's good preaching. There's got to be some level of separation in our lives that we can pass down to our children. And I guarantee it's going to help us in this area of falling prey to whatever comes down. You know, remember that old saying, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. Here we are. Let me give you a second one. We've got to move on. 
Here's a second thought, biblical saturation. Biblical saturation. Look, look what the psalmist said. You know this verse. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Right? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Said this this morning, the very best way to defend against temptation is to saturate yourself in the word of God. Get the word in you. Get the word in you. What did Jesus use when defending against the temptations in Matthew chapter number four? He used scripture, right? Three temptations, three verses. Bang, 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 right? Appropriate verses to match the temptation. By the way, as you grow, Donald, I see you back there. As you grow, temptation grows with you. Did you get that? Huh? So you, you just get saved and you get these, you get these, you know, these, these new Christian kind of temptations. You know, and, and, and all of a sudden you get victory. Let, let's just play a little bit. So you get saved and maybe you, 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 you smoke and maybe you, you gamble. And then you start to grow in the Lord and God deals with your heart. And you stop gambling, you stop smoking. And now you can go into a room filled with guys playing cards, smoking cigars, and it doesn't bother you at all. In fact, it could be a room, room with ladies playing cards, smoking cigars, and it wouldn't bother you at all, right? And so now you say, man, wow, out of that temptation stage, really? No, temptation grows with you. Huh? So now you might be tempted to skip out on church because your boss asks you to work overtime and you really need the money. You don't have to work, but you choose to work because you don't trust that God can supply Oh, this is preaching now. You don't trust that God can supply, so you, you give your boss Sunday. He didn't say, if you, if you don't work, you lose your job. He just said, hey, if you want to make an extra couple hundred bucks, I'll let you work on Sunday. You say, I can use that. Christmas is coming up. They won't miss me at church. Look here, it's not a matter of whether or not we're going to miss you at church, but God will. But when you're saturated in the Word of God, when the Word of God has, you know, consumed you in your life, you don't make, you don't make soft decisions like that. Because one compromise leads to another compromise, and before you know it, you live a life of compromise. <laughs> you're not liking this, are you? But I'm really having a good time, I'll tell you what. It's true. And this is what the Church of Christ needs today. You know what the Church of Christ wants today? Less of all of this. But what we need is more of all of this. We do, folks, because we're living in the last days, and some of us aren't going to. It just took a virus to knock some of us out of church. Only a virus. Maybe a little persecution where all of a sudden the government shows up on the parking lot. We can't go back there. We'll get arrested. Hey, we can have services in jail. Tyler is more than willing to preach to you. I got to stay home and pray for you. <laughs> Let me ask you, folks, how much time, honestly, how much time do you spend in the Word of God each week? Are you spending time in the Word of God each day? When was the last time, when was the last time you memorized a verse of Scripture? When was the last time you dissected a word in the Bible and did a little study on it? When was the last time you can literally say, I mean, with absolute confidence, God spoke to me this morning in my devotions? Amen. We've got to get back to that stuff, right? 
Let me give you a third one, number three. Spiritual, spiritual sanctification. Spiritual sanctification. We, we need to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. Look at this, Romans chapter number six. Great text, text. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it to the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and from your members instruments of righteousness unto God. That word yield, you know what the word yield means? It means give way to. And so daily we need to just give way to the Holy Spirit of God. Right? Go over with me to uh, 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 7. Look at, look at verse 1. Having therefore these promises dearly beloved. Now, when you see the word therefore, you ask a question. What is it therefore? Right? And it draws our attention back to the preceding verses. So go back to chapter number 6. Look at verse number 14. He says, be ye not unequally, unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He's talking about separation here, right? And go on down, and he says in verse 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye, say it, separate, saith the Lord. You with me? Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Right? Now, verse 1. See, whenever there's a chapter division, we think the thought stopped, Tony, but it didn't stop. Because chapter and verse divisions aren't inspired. Somebody put them in there long after, you know, the Bible was recorded just to help us read a little. I'm glad we're there, but sometimes they become a hindrance. So chapter 1, uh, chapter 7, verse number 1 goes along with chapter 6 at the end of verse 18. Look, look at verse 18 again. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's a promise. That's a promise. Look at verse number 1. Having therefore these promises. What promises? Those promises. Right? He's not talking about John 3.16 here. He's talking about chapter 6, verses 14 down. Having therefore these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from what? All filthy, filthiness of the flesh and 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 spirit. Let us cleanse ourselves, <laughs> not just in the flesh, but in the spirit. So what are you talking about there? Spiritual sanctification. It's where on the inside, on the inside. See, it's one thing to dress up this old flesh on the outside, but it's another thing. To, it's another thing to furnish it and garnish it on the inside. Are you with me? spiritual side, where I am on the inside, in my inners belong to Him, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I lose track of time, I was preaching, and we were talking about something, uh, playing cards, I think, and I said, well, want to play cards? Yeah, I love to play cards. He deals me a uh, hand, and he says, aren't you going to play? I love to play. Well, pick them up. I can't. Why not? These are not my hands. They can't pick up those. They don't belong to me. Hello? You know where that began? Donald, it begins on the inside. When I yield myself, give way. You know what I pray every morning? I promise, promise you this is fact. Every morning of my life, I go through a ritual. I am a Catholic at heart. Now, I don't pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, or Hail Mary, full of grace. But I, every morning, I get into my prayer time, and I always get to a place when I pray just to the Holy Spirit. I pray to the Father, I pray to the Son, I pray to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I just pray Lord, meaning all of them.
But sometimes I pray just to the Holy Spirit, and I pray this. I pray, Holy Spirit of Almighty God, I yield to you right now my whole spirit, soul, and body. I promise you I pray that every day. And then I pray this. I pray, I pray, I yield to you my mind, my will, and my emotions. Would you guard, would you guard the thoughts that comes into this mind and the way that I entertain them? Because I live in the world you live in, and I live in the flesh like you live in. And things bother me like they bother you. And people do, you understand this terminology, people do get on my nerves. I said that down in Florida, they had no idea what I meant. They thought it was a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. Are you with me? And so I, I just, I have, to, I have to every day guard myself. Spirit of God, please, I yield. I give way to you in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. It's a pretty good exercise. And it keeps me mindful, you know, of what I need to do each day, and that is be spiritually sanctified. And then one final thought, and that's this. It's continual subordination. Continual subordination. Preacher, how in the world? I mean, I got so much going on in my life. I, I got this here that hits me here, and I got this temptation going on here. What do I do? I just gave you four Bible principles that are guaranteed to help. We talked about this one this morning. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you with me? Look here, a couple things about walking. First of all, walking is a continual practice, and secondly, it's a dependent practice. Right? If I'm going to walk, if I'm going to go from this, uh, what's that called? This mum <laughs> to that mum, I have to be continual. I can't stop here and get there, can I? How about if I stop here? Am I there? I'll not be there until I get there. Did you get that? I'm not here until I'm here. Right? And so it's continual. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of life. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean you wake up in the morning, you take a step, you read and prayed. No, you've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to walk in the Spirit. And then every time you lift one foot, your, your weight's dependent upon what? The other. It's a dependent walk. And so for some of us, we got to say every single day of our lives as we're walking, Holy Spirit of God, I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. And then you wake up tomorrow, I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. Are you with me? You say, well, that's a lot of work. Oh, consider, cons consider, the, you know, the, the, consider what can happen. So you don't read, you don't pray, you don't walk with God. You know what you become? A casualty. You become nominal. You stop going to church. Hello. You drop out, you become an apostate. Right? It's a scary thought, isn't it? We need to let the Holy Spirit of God control our lives daily. Well, I think I've overloaded you. I can sense, I see smoke coming out of your ears. Preach on. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Think about this. Every time you say yes, it gets harder to say no. But each time you say no, it gets easier to say no. Right? Think about it. And that's just true. They say this is an old, this is an old uh, wives' tale. It's an old Indian superstition. And here, here's what they used to say. Whenever, whenever an enemy was scalped, the strength of the victim was passed into, into the arm of the victor. 
That's an old Indian superstition. So whenever they would scalp an enemy, the strength of that victim would pass into the arm of that victor. I believe God wants us to be the victors. I know in the end we win, right? You read the last chapter, we win. But it's important to win today. Let's win the battle today. I think if we just practice the Word of God, let the principles of God's Word guide us, we'll become more victorious. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.